were far too loud then I've blown my ears <laughs> off so welcome everybody it's Footy and Frothy's round 15 review show David's here we're all here we're soldiering on how are you my friend so do I need to whisper for you mate all the ASMR fans out there but uh, uh, I'll, I'll make do I thought we were doing like um, Frothy's and French cuts or something I was all keyed up to talk about the cricket I don't oh, okay. know, this rugby league business I don't know. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it after this weekend. Yeah, all right. We can oh, do that too. Uh, it was very nice seeing Australians win. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We'll save that for summer, eh? That's it. Sorry, don't freak out, everyone. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, of course, it's Footy and Frothies. We are back again to discuss round 15. Lots of news about. Uh, and we may as well get into it. How are you travelling, mate? Yeah, oh, not bad. That. It's, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, you know, another bit of a rough weekend, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we both lost a mate that we played a bit of cricket with over the years. It was um, yeah, sad to see a quite intelligent young man and a, a genuine, genuine, um, lovely person. Never yep. heard a bad word about him. So uh, rest in peace, old blue eyes. But um, did a did a fair bit of painting around the house and a bit of housework, and, uh, copious amounts of uh, <laughs> liquid beverages to help me through, <laughs> and, and we got to watch some footy, which was. Probably one of the rounds. I think um, there's a bit more average football this weekend than I've seen in the um, mm. in the past or for the entire season, realistically. But um, it comes with um, you know the injury, suspension, just time in the legs for some of these footballers. I think you know they need a little bit of a break here and there. So, but yeah, yeah. Just um, I'll t- just quickly mention as well. My sincere condolences to friends and family of Mr. Blue, an, a genuinely fantastic human being and. Uh, he will be missed, but we have, yeah, was it the, I, I sort of said mm, some teams are starting to hit the red line in the gas tank, and I reckon it's been exposed this weekend. I think it's, and I, potentially, once we get through Origin, may not bounce back some of these teams. And a few of those teams that probably were sort of spluttering along, not really hitting that gas, sort of picked it up a level this mm. week as well. So. And now and now have, we'll have their own issues to get through and back on board, but uh Touch on news first. I'll get out of the way very quickly because we've probably got a little bit to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly, judiciary, Mitch Barnett, Christian Welsh both copped a game for uh, each of their infringements, the high shot and the hip drop, hip drop, mm. uh, which did see Royce Hunt six weeks, syndesmosis. He's off for surgery, so that's not ideal for the Sharks. Nope. Uh, Injury-wise, Jerry Marshall King, they're monitoring his shoulder after... Potential reoccurrence there. At least you could tell was a week uh, with an eye injury, I believe. Yep. I mentioned Royce and the, I guess the two big ones out of the Thursday night. Luke Brooks, four to six weeks. Happy Corusau, two months. A con- broken jaw. Uh, again, Tino, no uh, charge out of the game. Tigers are in a world of trouble, but are you, were you okay with the Tino, the way the Tino thing was handled? I thought the Tino one was um, wasn't as bad as the one that was the, the week before on Reed Marnie. To be honest, the, the he did keep the arm a lot closer to the body and it was tucked in. Again, there was the action uh, upon contact where he did extend his arms forward towards the bloke that he's carrying the ball, but that's been part of the game for a very long time. So um, <clears throat> very unlucky, I think, on Appy's 
point uh, uh, the point of contact was obviously um, horrible and um, if they didn't charge him the week before they couldn't really charge him this week I don't think even though there was back to back occurrences of the same thing no I yeah, I'm not, obviously not the the, the uh, unbiased person to this, but I, I thought the Reed one was probably I suppose I defended that in a way so I, I can't be angry about it but when, when it becomes a pattern it becomes a concern uh Poor old Reed. I think copped a Sevo knee to the head as well on the weekend. So <laughs> he's had a couple of head He's had a rough, yeah. had a rough season, but uh, yeah, not ideal for the Tigers. I um, have grave concerns for them. Uh, the other big, well, other big couple. I dare other say big the points. NRL will probably be go out of their way to make it known to Tino that. It needs I would to like sort to think if they wrote to Swali, no. uh, they should be writing him saying, "Look, mate, like, stop elbowing." Both just more the extension of than anything. Like, sure, keep your Keep your arms in, tuck them into your body, but don't be pushing out when you hit blokes. But yeah, yeah, it's um, I think it was more unfortunate than anything that one. Luke Brooks has turned down the Tigers' offer to go to market. Uh, apparently, according to City Morning Herald, no one's interested in him in Australia. But we'll see what, yeah, right. what, what transpires. But uh, also, it was it could also it, as yet he's not going anywhere. He's just told him he's turned down this first offer. Yeah. We'll see what that means. You know, they turn around, offer him seven fifty next week, and he stays. And we're all. I think if they about. get closer to seven, he, pro- he possibly will stay. But um, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for the Tigers, realistically, considering how long that they've um, they've kept him there and gone through. They have used him a, a little bit as a fall guy, or not so much the club, but the media's used him as a fall guy for for the, the Tigers for quite a yeah. quite a while, which has probably um, gotten his back up a little bit, I would imagine. But. Um, I would expect if they can get somewhere near the 700, he really has to stay, in my opinion, with, with the fact that he's been given a million for the last three three years or close enough to, I think he really needs to sort of repay that faith a little bit. But Short of um, uprooting to England or something, where apparently a few clubs have offered him money in that realm, in the million-dollar realm, so more power to him. Look, it was a funny thing when it came out because I didn't quite know how to feel after all these years. of <laughs> wanting him gone? Somewhere between wanting him gone and, well, especially the last couple of years. But uh, his form this year has been good. Obviously, being in a shop window Absolutely. probably inspires a little bit. Doesn't bit hurt. But if he if he was meant to maintain that for another year and a half, two years till blokes came good, until the youngsters stepped up, I'd be happy with it. So uh, we, look, Tigers are going to try and go to market with the best part of two mil to find some halves. They've got zero for next year right now, apart from Wakeham. So yeah. the discussion's already been... An, Toph Stafford Toe is going to spend the offseason as a 5'8". Yeah. He's there this week. Train I'm him up and sure. he's been named there this week. So he, he slotted in there and played about 20 minutes, I think, uh, on the weekend after Brooks did go off. And um, he had a couple of nice touches. He got a bit confused and a bit lost a couple of times as well. But um, yeah. obviously first crack at it in the NRL. Yeah, um, I think I thought there was a few positive signs there for him. So Definitely. We'll, we'll get into that as well. But uh, in terms of, look, I'm, I've said it for years. I think there was a, the fear that... Brooks would um, potentially go somewhere else and look like a superstar, and I think now it's happening. I'm more power to him. I hope he does. So, but they should have. I'm more, I, as always. I'm more upset with the Tigers board not letting it do it happen in 2018, and when chances arose to sign other players. Yeah, well, there's been um, constant talks for what two or three years now about a Newcastle swap, or well, they could not have, even just a swap. Even just this year, they could have kept Hastings, straight up. Could yes. have kept Hastings and let Brooks go, and we would have been in the same spot. Obviously, there's deeper issues with Hastings, Bateman, Sheens, apparently. But yep. it would have been very interesting to see Hastings behind that Tigers forward pack in some of those games. Um, particularly early on with Dewey. We, uh, but yeah, no, agree with you, mate. M- more power to 
to him. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't. We'd uh, we'd have to have Ovi on, but I haven't heard from him and discuss it as a Tigers fan. But that'll come down the road. Uh, Shane Flanagan's been ratified by the St George board as their preferred coach. Uh, he met with Ben Hunt during the week. Apparently, is a I don't say a, a pre. What would you call it? I don't call it an ambush, but uh, mm. it, it took the measures to go and meet with Ben Hunt and plus uh, placate him before the board info. But apparently, they have endorsed him. Still, I th- believe still some stuff to play out with. Manly. It hasn't been finalised yet. Still, Manly and the NRL have to both approve it. But looks like that's happening. He is. We're going to see what he brings to the table. He's starting from the bottom of the barrel. Well, yeah. Any thoughts on that? Probably what they need: someone who can set up a structure and uh, the. He generally, he seemed quite good at the Sharks at being able to bring players through the grades and um, and buy talent from outside of the squad to bring in uh, to complement his squad. So it'll be interesting how he um, puts those pieces together that he has. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see five or six blokes disappear out of that squad pretty mm. quickly. But um, yeah, I, I think he'll do a decent enough job. But it's not going to—they're not going to turn around and be top six material next year. But um, no. I would expect. Uh, some gradual increases in the next two years. Well, I'd assume he'd be given a three, four-year window, realistically. Uh, they'll turn over, as you said, turn over plenty of talent. At least it gives them someone who, from all reports, people... I mean, the, the fucking PR campaign, News Corp and, and Fox and 2GB have run for the bloke for two years. Um, has, has eventually worked. They've got they've made a job. <laughs> so I, I, I do think he's capable. Obviously, he's a pressure-winning coach, but... I think he comes across very intelligently on uh, all his media yeah, yeah, commitments. Like he probably brings a lot to the table if he's behind some of the stuff at Manly. Well, we've seen the results-ish there. Yeah. So he's probably the right guy. From all reports, he will re- you know, bring players to the club. So I guess if you're a Dragons fan, it's something. Yeah. Other news is that the uh, State of Origin teams have come out since we prognosticated on them. And uh, let me bring them up. So we'll have a, so, a, a real proper look at them next week. But um, we'll do a proper we'll do a proper preview. Yes, next week as, as normal. But essentially, Na, Nanai and Mo Fodawaker, as we've asked, uh, have come into the seventeen. Uh, Mo richly deserved for anyone listening to this show. AJ Brimson is the eighteenth man. Corey yeah. Osborne, nineteenth man. And the rest is what you expect Xavier Coates in for Selwyn Cobbo. So they look pretty good to me, Queensland. Potentially, you'd argue, a stronger team than what they brought to game one. Generally, everything that we expected probably would happen there for the replacements for the injuries. Um, Cobbo for Coates was a bit of a no-brainer in his last three or four weeks. He, the bloke couldn't score a try for, for 12 weeks, but all of a sudden he jump, started yeah. jumping out of the ground and jumping over top of people <laughs> scoring tries and setting up tries again. So... It's sort of a um, you know a, p- a pretty intelligent pick there. I think I I don't think they've done anything wrong at all. What you know, then I is a bit iffy. You could have gone uh, a couple of different ways if you really wanted to, but then I probably deserves to be repaid for what he did for him last year. So, hundred percent. And um, you know they're going to have Cotter who if they can play anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Waker is going to get through that mountain of work if they need to and doesn't miss tackles. And uh, Flegler off the bench as well. Um, all looks good to me for New South Wales. Mitch Moses is the new seven. Luai keeps his spot, which is not a combination. I, It's a weird combination to say out loud. Luai and Moses in the halves, but we're going to see what they it's bring to the table. It's a little familiar. 
probably the closest to what he has at club for Moses, to mm. be honest. Um, Luai probably plays closer to Dylan Brown than any other 5'8 in the comp. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Latrell named uh, and assumed to be fit. They're going to be softly, softly with all the South players. Damien Cook comes back in for Appy. Hudson Young keeps his spot. Stefano gets the bench prop spot behind uh, Payne and uh, Junior Barlow. Uh, Murray's still there. Liam Martin's still there who has to get cleared. It's the 11th day of his HIA. Yep. And Reese Robson. They've gone back to two hookers. Uh, Critter and Kolomatungi extras there. Look, any thoughts on that? The one that really stands out for me is the last one that you mentioned there. Um, I'll just touch on the other couple first. Um, and obviously no Nico. Uh, I haven't been on the bench. <coughs> Excuse uh, me. No. Well, Burton was there as 18th man. He's gone. And uh, TPJ was gone. Yeah. Well, TPJ, uh, defensive efforts pretty much ruled him out <laughs> over the weekend. The weekend. I mean, they, yeah. they targeted him and turned him inside out a couple of times, which um, pretty much... Uh, put paid to any of his chances. By the looks of it, um, it was always going to be either Nico or Moses, uh, the, the way they were looking at and who they wanted to play with Luai because they weren't going to drop Luai. Um, and, yeah, uh, Reynolds was more of a back sort of option in case something happened with Luai during the week. It, having Walker ruled out during the week obviously didn't help. Uh, Reynolds' chances there, Nico played one of the worst games he's played since he's been in first grade. Not that he was... He was still one of the better Sharks on the field, which says a lot about their performance. But um, <laughs> when you look at it, and Moses come out and did everything that he needed to do. I think it's more the fact that um, we haven't had a back foot kicking option for New South Wales for year, for the last probably three or four years. Yeah. And Queensland have done it to us time and time again. You've, you would have heard me on this show probably the last three series time and time again. Whenever Queensland get in trouble, DCE just reefs the ball down to the other end of the field and they back their defence to, to you know, uh, go up and staunch the opposition and keep them down their end. Um, and Freddie's looking for a like for like there, I think. Uh, Moses was brilliant. It was against the Bulldogs, but um, his running game was back to the fore and he was fantastic in, on the weekend. So that's where, 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 where I think they went that way. The one that really does confuse me is um, Robson coming down to play the two-hooker role. Mm. Uh, They've been dead against it for a year and a half, two years. If they were ever going to play two hookers, it was in the game one with Appy, who was sort of questionable about playing 80 minutes. You've got Cook now, who's played 80 minutes for pretty much the entirety of his career. Yeah. And you're bringing in a backup hooker that really doesn't make a lot of sense for mine, to be honest. Well, I know he's fantastic in defence and that does give Cook a, a bit of a rest, but Cook's been playing 80 minutes for a decade. So yes. if you were ever going to play two hookers, if you ever going to play two hookers, it should have been game one. I it, it's slightly baffling to me as well because, well, first of all, the Nico thing, like you've just exposed that it's a complete token. Give him a Blues jersey to hang on his wall, and you don't actually. No, well, they, he realised he fucked up. He's either playing and playing eighty minutes, or he's not in the side. Yeah. Which, which is, is fair obviously enough, what they like, realised. Surely, like you and I knew that before the game. We said that. Off, before the game as did kicked the rest off. of the media. Yeah. Um, I would have thought someone. I don't like, think Burton have done anything to lose his spot. To be honest, I think he probably would have been the better well, fourteen. Well, in the terms that he can, he can play centre, has played yep. centre, gives you. A, I don't want to say a better kicking game, six, but gives seven, you a, a turn. Another option, game. yeah, uh, and an option that kicker. nobody else has realistically and with those bombs. Probably a interesting one. Probably is quicker. Yep. Could play back row and lock if he had to. He's a big boy. Yep. Uh, his defence isn't horrible, yep. um, yeah. and he can run the ball pretty strong. So. So I um, 
guess. If expose I if you want two hookers, I would have thought to me Cam McGuinness made more sense because I don't, I don't. I also don't think it's um, coming back Reece, off a month. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Reese Robson hasn't really been setting the world on fire either. I wouldn't necessarily say, but but it's a shallow pool now. We went we went from where we were to here we are. Um, just to have him there to play 20 minutes sort of is a bit baffling to me. Cause Same, like, Burton wouldn't do anything wrong at the hooker either. That's no. I just don't understand. Like, the versatility you would get out of Burton compared to putting Robson in there. I agree, yeah. And you've got Which every, is why I sort of said, like, every did, option to play Cook for 80 minutes. Like, he doesn't generally gas out at, at, at all. No. The bloke makes 50, 60 tackles and still running the ball at the end of the game. It just confuses yeah. the hell out of me. Well, that was in, in a perfect but, world. I would have thought of a McGuinness who can also play back row, can play lock uh, and make... Any tackles you want it made more sense, but we're going to we'll see what he brings to the table. Uh, congratulations to Stefano. Absolutely, uh, well deserved. It's been a good prob- year. He's been. I mean, shows you that. I mean, Clemmer's had a hundred yards on him at club level. The only problem is he is a bit hot and cold. When he's really good, he's as good but as a, any prop. But as a around, as a third prop, fantastic. Like right. he's going to play twenty five minutes, run in, bash bash up some people. Uh, I suppose, you know, yeah. RCG. As I said, at his best, he's as good as most props in the game, but he does does sort of float in and out of games. Um, so I, I hope that, I do hope they do start Martin for Young. That's important. Start Paul, start Paulo, start House, start Frizzell. Start I'd even Martin. start him over Frizzell, to be honest. Well, Frizzell's probably him, yeah. still going to get 50 or 60 minutes yeah. in the game. But, and, mate, they don't want to get hit by Liam yeah. Martin. No, absolutely. Ooh. Martin's right side is generally where he starts and plays. Hudson is a, probably a bit more of a, an attacking threat than Frizzell, whereas Frizzell can do that work when the, the guys do start to get a bit tired. So, but Yep. We will, uh, well, we're going to do a full preview of that next week with GT, I believe. So potentially Sunday night, as I just check this and... Uh, talk amongst yourselves, Punish, just see what we've got here. Um, but otherwise, let's get any other news, Barney, you want to Not touch that on? I can think of, no. Uh, nothing from Ovi, so we'll move on. We, the round kicked off with uh, the Titans 28, the Tigers 12, in big injuries out of the game. Uh, but we saw the worst of the West Tigers turn back up, and <laughs> that was largely the story of most of this game. But the time's pretty good for the first I don't think it was half quite, hour. I don't think it was quite their worst. Um, it definitely wasn't well, their worst. Well, <laughs> there were some players that you could throw up as their worst. Oh, there was two of them out there. Um, yeah, absolutely. But um, like I can have some egg put on my face after last week. I sit here and stamp and put out on TikTok, oh, Tiger's the best forward back in the comp. And uh, they didn't Tino quite live up to that. Pretty I, much single-handedly, well, or may helped, but... They well, uh, where they I'll tell you where they fucked up, but do the stats because that's what you we had five do. tries to two, four out of five conversions played two out of two for the Tigers, eighty three percent completion played seventy percent, one hundred and thirty eight plus running meters for the Titans, four line breaks to three, thirty seven tackle busts to forty four, six offloads to twenty for the Tigers, four forced dropouts for one to one, three hundred and forty two tackles played three hundred and forty four, seven errors to fourteen for the Tigers, four penalties conceded to three. Four ruck infringements. Uh, four ruck infringements against the Titans. One inside the ten against the Tigers. Jerome Buller with 95 supercoach points. AJ Brimson with 94, and Tino with 93. Well, what the Tigers did was move, and, and I, I'd called for it, and now I've seen it. Uh, yeah. um, Bateman, <laughs> to, Bateman to lock brought Sean Bloor in, uh, and obviously we had the uh, the withdrawal of um, who was it? Who wasn't there? I've just had a mind blank. Someone obvious. 
Anyway, they moved Bateman to lock, uh, brought Sean Bloor in, and it just massively exposed Talau, that edge. Law, yeah. Brooks, and it was carn it was carnage. Titans identified that, and they they played it very cleverly. Short kicks for the first half, turned around time and time again, uh, and just massively exposed it. Way to possession and put points on it. Uh, and as a result, I thought the um, yeah, the Tigers full pack looked much worse for wear. Now, Bateman got for a massive amount of defensive work and still yeah, was good, absolutely. but I would have loved to have seen him actually attack that edge that w they had cracks at that Talal, you know, couldn't catch the ball with. But um, from the start, <laughs> what, what did you uh, make of this game and uh, and the Titans' effort? Well, the first 20 minutes was um, polar opposites of each other, to be honest. The first 10 was all the Titans, just straight through the middle, um, causing all sorts of problems for the Tigers. Pretty much camped down in the Tigers <laughs> for 30 metres for the that first 10 minutes um, and the Tigers just kept giving away errors and penalties and set restarts and absolutely killed their start to the match um, <clears throat> and then the next next 10 as I said was almost the complete opposite with the Titans giving away penalties and errors missing tackles and the Tigers um, got back in front uh, which to me I, after that first 10 minutes I didn't think the Tigers were any chance I think they were just going to get steamrolled for the next for the entirety of this match, but then they they did put that fight in for you know the next ten or fifteen minutes, but it just switched back to field position and uh, possession. Realistically, Tigers continued to make errors. The the Titans cleaned their rack up, act up a little bit, and um, then they just got continually camped in the Tigers' half of the football, and it was all attack from the Titans and all defence from the Tigers, just continually, uh, set after set. Yeah, um, the, the shit the, ti the Tigers threw out, like failing to find, like it's rookie <laughs> stuff, couldn't find, um, off, uh, and would have, I think it was 6 4 at the time, yep. failed to find touch. Yep. Uh, get the ball back, uh, drop it, second tackle, spread the ball wide, strip it on the outside, drop it cold, cold, you know. Just, it, it, last year, they, the, these two teams put in the worst game of the year last year, and for the first half, I thought, here, we, they're going to try and do their best to repeat it, but. The Titans were quite crisp at times. AJ Brimson came back and looked like he hadn't missed a beat. He was fantastic. Well, 20, 20 minutes in that second half, you got absolutely schooled in that first 20 minutes of that of the second mm -hmm. half of this game. They went out of their way to target Tommy Talau, who just decided first half, he yeah. was going to sprint off the line every time the ball came anywhere near him, which directly led to two tries. One where they bounced off him, went back inside, and the other one they just gapped him, stopped and held him up and yeah. threw the pass behind him for the bloke to score on his outside. Um, I don't know what... It, like, the Tigers have been doing quite well at holding their line and sliding and yeah. defending out wide. Whereas Tommy just was on a seek and destroy mission and he missed every time he came charging out of the line, which just left massive holes. Then they went. Oh, even the one he the one he did hit yeah. led to a, directly to a try because he jumped up, bounced grabbed out, it through, and off went, went back through the middle. Um, and they targeted both your halves as well. They yes. turned Wakeham and Brooks over time and time again and just peppered them. And they're small guys. Like when you've got the likes of Tino and Mo just rolling at them set after set, it just takes a toll after a while and. Then you've got other blokes trying to cover cover your halves and it just leaves holes all through the defensive line, which was exposed quite well by the Titans. Mm. I thought they were really good at picking picking their moments, especially in that 20 minutes of the, of the second half. Um, the highlight of the game was probably Jerome Buller's try. Yeah. Absolutely nothing doing, just popping around in the middle of the field and he palms off Tino and just 
left defenders in his wake, left, right, and center on the way to scoring a try. I did say, I reckon he left five of them on the ground when he went and scored over in the He's corner. He's one of these blokes that. He right. must be strong. Fuck, he, oh, he must, must be, be strong. Because he's so he's hard to tackle. Well, I think he's only 18, 19. He, he made a couple of covering, two try saving cover yeah. tackles as well. Like he was uh, by far the Tiger. Oh, not by far, but he was up there. Him and Bateman were fucking yeah, absolute really standouts for um, the Tigers. But, you, but when he mo- the way he moves across the field, he doesn't look like he's going quick. Mm. And then he just burn, he'll just beat people. Yeah. Um, he, those first couple of steps. Special. Like he's yeah. the most exciting player the Tigers have produced since James Tedesco. Right. Absolutely. Um, two, As you uh, mentioned, two, two, AJ no was mo- brilliant. He AJ's killed brilliant. it. He's, him and uh, Campbell had a pretty good game too. They were actually really sniffing around and looking for holes and um, uh, continually getting the Tigers rolling in behind the Tigers' defence well, and getting was, them on the back foot. They just played the most simpler plans that you don't – you scream at teams for not doing. Yeah, run at holes with run straight holes, line runners. And, then, and, then, mm. and on the fifth, just grab it in. We'll get the ball back and do it again. And do it again. And we'll do it again. And all of a sudden, it's 24-0 or whatever, 24-6. As soon as you get the defence on the back foot, it's real hard to get back on the front foot these days. We know, um, oh, well, as I said, having Sprute is the best forward pack in the comp. Uh, Fodaway Quintino were absolutely nice. <laughs> Tino was incredible in this game. Uh, I would have loved to see him and Johnny go at it because Johnny probably would have it was boiling. three, three it shivs was on, hidden on him and would have looked up. I would have backed Johnny. <laughs> Don't worry, but uh, Mo was dead set on a seek and destroy mission Mo as well. He cleaned up Brooks three or four times in this game. Yeah. Like absolutely, I'm like he's yeah. not going to get up. Called, <laughs> he's um, not going to get up. It reminded me of last year when I called Josh Carr and the Wolverine. Yeah. That was, Mo just would appear like he was like he Godzilla was, coming out to see. It was all around the ribs. It wasn't the yeah. high grab oh, shit. It yeah. was either it was between the armpits and the hips and just driving through the tackle and leveling blokes. Yeah, Tino um, flattened one or two of them as well on his way through with ball in hand and ball and without the ball. They were yeah, those two were absolutely crucial to what the Titans no, did. They, they were fantastic. Uh, I think. Look, I, I will still say the Titans. That that shoop edge was just hanging by a yeah, string. It was. Uh, yeah. If if Talao catches a couple of them, if Wakem doesn't throw an intercept, Wakem oh, was marginally ahead of me. His last, yeah, his decision Those two was were awful. horrible. Like uh, spoiler, they're getting pot plants this week. Because <laughs> dead set without him, it's probably close to sixteen all. And but Wakem threw an man. intercept pass. He would have thrown four or five that hit the ground. A couple that went behind people. Uh, one, I'm pretty sure, just didn't touch anyone and went over the sideline. Yeah. Tommy Talao could not catch the fucking thing for about 20 minutes. Well, there was at least really... two occasions where they were stripped, and if he catches it, we'll probably go close to scoring. There was three or four... And he dropped it completely Three cold. or four times that in a row that he touched the ball, he just dropped the cult. Yeah. Just dropped it straight in front of him. Yeah. They both only got... Um, Credited for about three errors, but if you look at the way they defended and and, and all the, the rest of the they shit, were cri- they were critical. It like was... they were critical. The wake of intercept led to well, they ran and scored. Yeah, Tigers are on top. You know, you, there's there's moments like that that cost them. Yeah. Uh, I, the only other Tigers player I want to really well, I can't uh, overstate just what a mountain of defensive work Bateman did. But I thought Jake Kiss Simpkins coming on having to play an hour there was job. very good. He probably looked the most likely of our attacking options for a long time, apart from Buller. Um, I uh, thought Blore and Stefano did a job. Uh, they weren't tremendous by any means, but they did their job. Clamour, uh, Papali, and Simpkins—they were—they were quite good. I thought they were, you know, probably better than good. And you could throw Nofer in there too. He had a couple of really nice touches. He uh, tried hard. As well. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, it was Bateman and Buller. They were by far the best of the Tigers. And um, 
only one of them's getting points, <laughs> unfortunately, because you looked on the other side of the field. You had um, Shoop and Mo were okay. Cleese Hass, I thought, was quite good coming yep. off the bench. Unlimited minutes had some real good impact there. The halves were fantastic. Uh, both of them had a really good game in this one, I thought. Campbell and um, old mate, what's his name? Sorry, the seven. Tanner, uh, Boyd. Tanner Boyd. I thought it was really good, especially his kicking game. Uh, led to a lot of they – they just had so many more different – points of attack than what the Tigers had um, which has yeah. been you know, a constant theme Sammy was very good also but uh, yeah, Tino and AJ Brimson fucking were the attacking threats in this game we've already mentioned Mo but unfortunately I've got him just missing out on the points because I had to get Buller in there but um, I thought AJ and Tino were the big reason why so many points came oh, from this Titans team. Um, just lastly because we'll move on like well, first of all, the, the sad thing, the two sad, the sad thing is that um, yeah, I had such hope, high hopes for the Tigers for a month, and they won't win another game now without without Brooks and Epping. Unfortunately, they're, they're, they're probably not. Yeah. Uh, if they do, it'll you know we'll celebrate like it's a grand final. Titans, <laughs> like I said, still enough dramas in their game. I don't see them going much more than this. This was this was a bottom four game, and I treated that way, and I'm going to move on from it. Yeah. But Tino is in the conversation for the best prop in the game. And he's getting three points for me. Sam Verrills is one I want to mention. He had a great game. He was fantastic. Oh, yeah, I didn't clean service. I, I did uh, write him down. Defense, but uh, oh, was he was the only one that just comes to mind. We haven't spoken about. Um, is this his first game back or second game back? Uh, pretty sure it was his second game back. But he made such his a difference. His service was brilliant. Roland Blake's onto the ball. Yeah. The ball, the th- pass he threw was uh, sublime to put Tino over to score. Um, yep. Pinpoint precision. Uh, his defense is generally always pretty good, and yeah, he made he did make a big difference for the Titans coming back this week. Yes, I had um, I actually had AJ for three, but I'm happy okay. to swap him with Tino. So I'll have Tino with a three. Buller had got two for mine. Um, I thought he was close to the best player on the field, and the fact that he was in the losing side is probably the only reason he didn't get three. And then I had um, yeah, but we'll give AJ the one and Tino uh, the three. Uh, that's harsh. No, no, give it give it to Tino three. We'll give Buller, Buller give Buller one. the one. Probably harsh as well. Tino, AJ Buller. And honorary mentions, I think, well, Mo Fodawaker. Yeah, absolutely. um, And Jake Simkin. And Verrills. And Bateman. Bateman was fantastic. Very good performance (laughs) And then for all the concern about Bateman coming here, he he is fantastic. Like, you can see... Took him three weeks to get going, but... but, And that was the point. They knew that. That's why they didn't play him in the first game. But he's he's outstanding. Just an outstanding footballer. All right, well, we got I got one of these on Friday night right, and I got one very wrong, but uh, Friday night kicked off. I was off. two from two, and I was flying, and I ended up with three for the round. So. You <laughs> took the Titans. I didn't get four, did I? Yeah. You anyway. took the Titans? Oh, no, I went the Tigers. Sorry, did I? I think I, I changed think it. I think you tipped the Tigers. No, you didn't. No, I did tip the Tigers, sorry. Warriors 36, Raiders 14. Uh, this Warriors team is a proper football team. Yeah, Andrew Webster yeah. is a proper football coach. And should be in discussion for Coach of the Year when we get there. Absolutely. Uh, but what do the stats say first? Two tries to six, two out of two conversions, played six out of six. 70% completion, played 75%. 260-plus running metres for the Warriors. Two line breaks to seven. Uh, 30 tackle busts to 25. 11 offloads to eight. Two forced dropouts forced from the Raiders. 349 tackles played, 311. 13 errors to 12. Five penalties conceded from both teams. One ruck infringement to two. One inside the 10 to two. Two sin bins for the Warriors. Sean Johnson with 119 supercoach points. Papali'i with 
90 and chance. Nicola Klockstad with 84. Good player, chance. So, Been real good this Ricky year. Stewart, old mate Ricky, knows better than all of us. We're all Muppets. Yeah, yeah all the Muppets. Could have uh, played Jared Croker last week, had a famous win against the Tigers. Merely if he played, maybe he would have won. But uh, and he was actually pretty good here, Croker. But Missed a couple. But they, yeah. they kept him for here. They looked, they had all the ball for a half and could only manage 12 points and then got completely owned second half. They could have done the same thing, played him last week and had the same presentation post-game, which is yeah, what they yeah. did. Done the same home ground presentation, would have been the same as emotional and he would have always remembered winning here. Unfortunately, he knew better than us and thanks, Ricky. In, instead, they copped this. But um, as I said, the Warriors are very good. They, any other team... And, and Raiders were good, but they had, what, 70% of possession that first half. Yeah. Any other team, uh, I think not any other team, but a good chunk of this comp, they would have led 26-30 nil at half time. And Warriors' defence was quite stoic to not concede that because there's so much fantastic. ball, so much yeah. repeat set. Uh, and when they couldn't convert that, the second half was completely Well, the attacking options now from the, t uh, from the Raiders seems like it's Fogarty or it's a barge over try. Yeah. Um, realistically, it's Fogarty's boot or a nice cutout pass from Whiten or Fogarty. And then other than that, it's Papali'i or Horsburgh or someone barging over to score next to the post. And there's times when you watch these games with all the ball and it just starts to feel it way and just starts to feel they, they know that and they're happy to... And he nearly, he nearly did pull off the deflection try again. But um, I think they were probably quite, I wouldn't say cosy, but because they were out on their feet, but they had their attack worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Absolutely. that first half. Um, it, was, it was probably a bit more back and forth than you think, even with only having 30, 35% possession, percent possession from the Warriors because they did cause a few problems for the, the Raiders in the first half without sort of capitalising too much on them. Uh, they split them a couple of times and made some good metres early in the game. But, um, yeah, the, the Raiders really, in their um, field position, should have taken a, a larger toll on the scoreboard than what they did. The... Dallin Wateni Zelezniak try yeah. was a thing of beauty. The, the cross kick that really should have screamed over his head and ended up in probably the first row. Yeah. He's managed to, to jump six foot in the air and pluck it out, <laughs> pluck it out of the sky. Of, like like Blake Ferguson at his best. Uh, there's not many blokes can do that. Yep. Greg Inglis. Like that is, that's and then contorted his body on the way down to yeah. just squeeze it in and inside the inside the sideline there was fantastic. Um the big issue with the first 40 minutes of the game, which probably did cruel the Raiders a little bit, was there was 14 errors in there. That's and true a well. lot of them were were from the Raiders early on in the game. Yeah. Um, so while there was some really good physical football played, there was a, there was a lot of drop ball and um, you know, balls hitting the ground and all the rest of that kind of stuff as well. Which And you throw a few penalties in there and a, and a sin bin for good measure. <laughs> it just really you know, descended into a bit of chaos there at the back end of that first half. But normally, in the last, what what would you say, probably the last decade, the Warriors would come out and just absolutely throw that game away and end up, yeah. the scoreline would be the other way around. They'd yeah. end up getting beaten by 20, 20 to 30 points. But not this team, as you said. They're a, they're a top, top class footy team. Um, and the Raiders gassed out, I thought. Mm. The Raiders looked like they had very little energy, especially in the last 20 minutes of this game. It's now three weeks in a row coming off the Tigers games. The Fords have gassed out. We saw it with Souths. Uh, we saw it South again, actually. And we saw it with the Raiders and the other game before that who have just had a mental blank. But they've come out and then just gassed out in the last 20. 
so we'll take full credit for that as well. <laughs> but the first 20 minutes from the Warriors in this second half had the Raiders completely shell-shocked. Like, the up-tempo, fast play of the balls, just continually running at the defence, uh, causing, uh, you know, dragging in defenders and some beautiful ball playing from Sean Johnson and Torhu Harris led directly to, like, tries. Yeah. Fast, flat balls just hitting hitting blokes on the chest to put Tom Alley away. And I think um, Sean Johnson put, put one of the centres. I've not even been challenged, but it was a fantastic pass to put someone away over on the edge there. Again, Sean Johnson combined his running game as well as his passing game in this one. He was <laughs> targeting the outside shoulders of defenders and running at them, drawing defence, and then throwing beautiful cut beautiful short balls and cutout balls to oh, just completely confuse the defence. I don't. There is no market because you can't bet in Delhi Mitchell, can you? No, you can't. But I would suggest he he's a. I don't know if he's a sneaky, but he's on for a Delhi M this year. He's right been their, there. he's been their best player every time they've won. He's got he's origin proof. He's hopefully stays fit. He got knocked out too, yeah. and I thought he wasn't coming oh, back. I thought it was that was for sure. oh, the head, that head clash. How was happy was he when he came horrendous. back on, and then he pinched the intercept. <laughs> then he the pinched the intercept with a couple of minutes to go. Tremendous. I enjoyed. Yeah, it. deserved every bit of that because he worked his his ass off from the moment he was out there, and every minute that he was out there, and um, yeah, it was just a fitting finish. I thought Tomoko again was probably the best of the back five for the Raiders. Wasn't really anyone else that stood out in that back five. Um, Seb Chris is. Um, didn't cover himself in glory. No, I mean, he tries hard, but like maybe they've got to get back to Savage. Maybe. I'm not sure what's but gone on there. He seems pretty out of favour at the moment. So I don't think he's injured, is he? Um, but um, Tapane and Young were good. Horsburgh and Papali were the Raiders' best, like, easily. They they were fantastic again. Um, Horsburgh was enormous again. Yes. And just forced his way onto the 19th position for the, to, for the Queenslanders and... Most deserved of that. Um, Harris, Fanua Blake, and Charles Nickel Clockstad were very good. Like, not just good, they were well above good. Um, I, sorry, I just with Torhu, poor old Torhu. Every conversation he had with the referee, like, and he wasn't wrong. Like, he, they got fucked on a couple of things from both the bunker and it was Atkins. It was Atkins, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and he went up there very politely and asked, "What? Why are we getting fucked, sir?" And he said, "Because I said so." And <laughs> but he tried three or four times, and I just thought, "How can you not like Tor? He's just like the. He's so great." Anyway. Yeah. Um, Tom Alley came in and had an impact off the bench. Uh, the young fellow on debut, Leah Tua. I uh, thought he had quite a good game out in the centres there. Metcalf was fantastic. His running game was deadly at times. He he broke open, broke him open three or four times. One of them was an individual effort, and the other ones were you know being put into space. But he's got the you know nice bit of pace there to capitalise on that. Egan was awesome out of the dummy half. I thought he was really good for for this side yes. again. Uh, provided a whole heap of options for them. Well, getting them around the field. When we talk, and I know he's been injured lately, but when you're talking about him versus Robson. He feels like an origin player. More of an attacking player, absolutely. Yeah, and, um, and gets his, you know... And his defence isn't and, bad at all. No, he's more of that mongrel sort of... You'll get in and grow. Typical sort of classical origin hooker, I guess. But and I've been blowing smoke up Sean Johnson's ass for about a month now, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. He was fucking great. brilliant in this game. He was by far and away the best player on the field. Even though Horsburgh and Papa Lee were, were, were fucking awesome as well. He was just... Everything he touched turned to gold in this game. I think you've covered this pretty well. The bloke I want to wrap who you haven't touched yet, and he's a fantastic buy. I said fantastic a lot tonight. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Nia Corey. He was great in this game. He 
he just probably just the suspension. Uh, the, oh, well, the what happened sin bin. didn't help, but um, um, and now and he ran followed. 89 meters. But it felt like like every run counted. Yeah, uh, he was running he was off the great back fence. In defence, yeah. I thought him, him and Ford are now combining on both sides there, and they are just an impressive, impressive forward pack. And I said, you know, throughout the the Tigers last week, and you threw up Brisbane and the Warriors, and I wouldn't argue with this Warriors back because, uh, and now they're getting Barnett back, Curran's on the bench. There's Tom Arley's chipping in and looking every bit, you know, like Bunty. They are a a formidable team, formidable forward pack. I hope they go deep. I think it'd be great. Uh, if you, if a, a convincing case could be made to me, they can finish top four and go deep as well. When you saw a couple they of the performances a, out of the teams that are up there, yeah, yeah, they've got, they've got, you know, they've got the halfback tick. They've got a forward pack's going to match up. You know, they you know some of their weaknesses with their edge defence, but they've, they've, they've by and large covered that up this year. Uh, it's improved massively. It does so. I think I think the Raiders' streaks ended, but it was ended by a team that I'm giving a genuine Pick chance. To. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Sean Johnson three points, yep. Wade Egan two, and then I had one for either Horsburgh or Papalii in beaten side. It was probably Horsburgh. I think I think um, Papalii was you know got the try, which probably made his stats look a little bit better. But Horsburgh's stats were enormous. What about Charles? Yeah, he was fantastic. But this was good. Um, Give it to Horsburgh. I think Chan's unlucky. I think Torhu, well, Torhu's Torhu. We, we grade on a curve sometimes, <laughs> as you know. And uh, and, as, and Nick Corey, I thought was good. So uh, let's move on to this. Uh, how I looked at this game the way I did, I'm not sure. But I sat here last week and said that the fuel tank's empty for the Dolphins. And then I turned around on the preview show and tipped the Dolphins. <laughs> and the fuel tank's not empty. The wheels have fallen off. The fucking exhaust is 400 metres down the road. And they're um, they're trying to salvage the 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 window fucking openers for scrap at the moment. The way they're going, but the Dolphins were not good here. Fifty-eight eighteen on Friday night, Seagulls prevailed. Ten tries to three, nine out of ten conversions, a three out of three for the Dolphins. Eighty percent completion played, eighty-three percent, five hundred and twenty-five plus running meters and one hundred and seventy-one plus post-contact meters for Manly. Eight line breaks to two, 33 tackle busts to 19, five offloads to two. Uh, what have we got here? Four force dropouts from both teams, 265 tackles played, 352. Seven errors for Manly, five for the Dolphins, one penalty conceded to eight. Two ruck infringements to one. Garrick with 169 supercoach points. Tommy with 126. DCE with 113. Lachlan Croker with 109. <laughs> and then you got to Cody Nicarima on 82. He's flying Lachlan Coker, Croker even. He's having yeah. a good month. A real good six weeks, actually. Well, we just came back. He was injured, wasn't he? He was injured for a little bit. He's yeah. come back. Um, these are the hardest games to analyse for us because, you know, when you're taking a piss and when it is... <laughs> but Manly went out of their way not to play anywhere near the strengths of no. of the Dolphins. So as you mentioned early, that the wheels early. have fallen off and all the rest of it. But they went out of their way to avoid this forward pack. Like They, they took it in there when they had to, but it was... a Definite plan to kick early, turn them around, uh, spread the ball early, get these big, fast outside backs that they have and unleash them on some of these um, <laughs> outside backs that we had question marks about with their defence at the start of the year. They've been very good up until this point, but they got unlocked time and time again in this one. They just got absolutely torn to shreds on the edges of the field. Um, 
and they're, they're used to being able to sort of settle, get into the game, give themselves a bit of time, get warm, and then, you know, they can defend probably a little bit better once they've they've been out on the field for a little bit longer, but Manly just made sure that they were coming in cold and they were getting, getting run at consistently. Uh, Tommy and Garrick just lining up to run at blokes and <laughs> with support around them on both sides of the field. It was, um, yeah, it was an absolute carve-up, as you mentioned. It's how they should treat Garrick if he's going to play in the centres. Treat him as a second fullback and just have him just chime in, go and look for it. He chimed in on both sides of the field. He's yeah. fast, he breaks tackles, he knows what he's doing. And, and yeah. Once they got, because they were, they were shifting side to side, side to side, and they were getting really quick play the balls off the back of it as well. So you've got now got a, a retreating defensive line from the Dolphins, and as soon as you start sliding, like they were sliding and going backwards. Like yeah. generally, if you're sliding, you're up and you're sliding. If you start going backwards and trying to slide as well, it just opens up so many different holes. Who was yeah, I talking about? Blokes doing with that strength in the preview show. Footwork was just <laughs> Melbourne. I was wondering about that. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Blokes with yeah strength, footwork, and pace, and they just continually got burnt on the outside edges of the of the field. Um, Hammer still's found a fucking way to score a double. I don't know how that bloke does it, but he just he just scores tries. He just, yeah. just pops up and just scores tries whenever the hell he seems to feel like it. But um, oh, oh, we may as well get Dolphins out of the way because they'll by and large deplorable. But Nick yeah. Rima was again their best. Absolutely, uh, yeah, by far. He's having a, nearly a career. look like their only attacking option. Yeah, really. he's fantastic. Obviously, Zarko, we, he's always a safe option. Bring him to the table. He's going to score a try. He's going to be safe for your super coach up. And Hammer, yep. as you said, was it. I think that's all. Like, what else are we going to talk about? Kenny Bromwich and SASA were probably their best two forwards who did their work, but nothing nothing outstanding no. by any means. Yeah, you've covered everything that I had written down okay, here. Cool. <laughs> they were the only ones that I wanted to mention. And um, most of them were just a passing mention, realistically, apart from probably Hammer yeah. and Cody. Um, so, Matt, so, so Manly have come out and nearly put 60 on here. How I'm still not buying Manly as a as <laughs> their biggest challenge is the are. middle of the field. Yeah, if they get dragged into a, a tough that. fight through the middle of the field, unless they come up and show their best like they did what three times this year, where their forwards have really been super strong, they're going to probably get beaten in the middle seven out of ten times. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. So <clears throat> if you can contain their outside backs, get up in their face not be retreating and, you know, being on the front foot in your defence, getting to them before they get their head of steam up, you probably can control Manly um, and, you know, cause them enough problems to, to beat them at the end of the day. Games but like that, they are so reliant. It's the time on, they um, break you open two or three times with Tommy or yeah. Garrick or a nice kick from DCE or a Schuster, no look. But it's almost like when hole, they do it early, they realise, like, oh, here we go, this is how we play. And then they, the other games get stuck into... They do win some where Paseca has a big game or yeah. whoever, but um, ultimately Olakowatu's been quiet for a month now, yeah. if not This more. is one of his better games. Fainu was good again. Yeah, so Fainu, Fainu was He's a find, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps. Paseca was the best of their forwards, uh, as you mentioned before. Not Tulangi. Who's a other ex-Tigers second row? Yeah, come on Tulangi. No, Tulangi, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Fainu will almost keep his spot now, yeah. but it's, yeah, it, it's the quick shift and... Uh, um, yeah, well, their forwards basically direction. got the night off, apart from Paseca yeah. and Olakowatu, who, who were quite good. Um, Croker was brilliant, and he was the best of their forwards, but, you, you know, three Paseca and um, 
Kulabatangi, uh, not Kulabatangi, fucking Olakawatu in there. DCE was very good. Um, some of the nice kicks. Piss-taking DCE yeah. is my favourite. Because <laughs> he doesn't get to do it much, and like yeah. once a year, they'll just be completely typical. Oh, I'll just fucking chip it over here, and, yeah, and they'll kick it over there. Or over here, 40-20. Or I'll, 20, or or I'll follow. Like, they, they actually should have won probably by 70, because once they... He set up to support and told him and Tommy ran to each other. There was another yeah, one. Yeah. It's like, but fuck, he's a good half. Like he's a great, great halfback. DC. Yep. And when he got to see him in the games like this, I enjoyed it. The, the early kicks, just um, putting Cooler over. Yeah. Um, well, Sam and Cooler were made to look like superstars. Realistically, yeah. all they did was finish. Exactly. They just grabbed the ball and put it down. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't. Yeah. Well, there was one or two runs where they beat a few blokes, but it was generally them just getting put into gaping holes mm. by <laughs> Gary or Tommy, and they just ran yeah. and, and put the footy down. But um, yeah, Tommy was brilliant. He was. Um, he's doing that bit of ball playing stuff. He's still a, a fraction off his top speed at the moment. You can see it. Um, there was a break there where he got run down pretty comfortably, and he still managed to put. Um, Actually, I think he gave it back to Garrick, and then Garrick gave yeah. it back to him, and he still that managed was, to score to the me, try. But that was probably my try of the year so far. Yeah. Of uh, him, it was him, Garrick, DCE, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Garrick ended up popping out, but on an offload for him to score again on near the post, around the post. But um, yeah, it, it was it's all coming up, Ruben, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he just had an absolute fucking night out. Nine conversions, tackle bust, three tries, three try assists. He was in everything that went right for this team. It's it's the team that suits Schuster too because you, you're playing in. Uh, you're he play- was quiet too, but he had, he had some nice touches. But he did it, have it, a it, of it nice suits touches, when you've got such a dominant. It's like the you can always look good when you got arguably the world's best halfback. Just get to the line and then give him the um, ball. Yeah. It, I don't want to call him Lil Eye, but it's the same sort of setup. That <laughs> you have to have a couple of touches. You look like a million. You look like a genius. So Lil Eye looked like a genius this weekend, but mm. we'll get to that. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, how, what else do we have to say? I think I think it was just Garrick, Tommy, Kroger. Yeah, and uh, DC is very unlucky, but you know he'll be he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be right. He's the millions right. he's sitting he can, on. He can he can jump to right. his Scrooge McDuck style money and <laughs> feel better about himself. But um, yeah, I'm going to finish up. That's all right. You get a piss. Um, they. <laughs> I just want to say that, like I said, I'm, I still they're now going to bounce off this. They're playing the goodbye. Manly, I'm not sure. Yeah. They're going to have a couple of quick backup. If, they, if Tommy playing. does stay fit. No, they are playing. Yeah, but, and if they are playing because they're playing. Uh, para. Uh, para, and that's mm. and they'll get done there. But um, well, actually, no, they won't because no team's got halves. Looking forward to analysing that. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't. It, when they play like this, you think, yeah, they're top eight, but they're just manly and you don't quite know whether you can trust them yet. And that's I think they're very concern. close to the top eight. We've said a lot. Definitely, it's, it's, definitely it's Dolphins like are gone. So like many the, people are taking so many points off each other. Like you're probably going to get into the top eight with a negative record again this year. It's, it's also so, it's also um, bloated with the buys and everything. Uh, but I think Dolphins they've they've oh, they've achieved what they had to achieve this year. As I said last week, I can now rubber stamp. They'll bounce, they'll bounce they'll win back. Games. They'll I'm have not, two or three I'm games. Not, they'll put they'll put two games together or something but here and there. They're, they're going to finish a, a respectable eleventh and cool. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you you're saying Eagles are on for the top eight, we're very close. Do they then become scary if everyone's fit? They probably do, because in a in a full house, I'm not sold yet. But in a full house, you know everything going on. Tommy Turbo running right, maybe they can knock someone off in a final or a semi. In a you know, they've got enough points into them. If they if they're on, then they'll trouble most teams. Mm. Interesting to see where but they go the next couple. How of often they're on is the issue. Well. 
when you get in the drag down knockouts, um, you need their forward. At the moment, it's been less than 50-50. And so if, that's you, why if they, they play South, for example, in a prelim final. And they're getting shut down on the edges. The edges yeah. are shut down and then they've got to bash through the middle. Souths are going to arm wrestle them out of it. You would think control pretty easily, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the upsets, I guess you'd call them, kept coming. With the Dragons getting over Souths, who were probably slightly disappointing, but Dragons are pretty good. Uh, 36-30 to kick off Saturday afternoon. Barn, what did the stats say? Six tries apiece, five out of six conversions for the Dragons, three out of six for Souths. One out of one penalty attempts for the Dragons, zero for South Sydney. 288-plus running metres and 169-plus post-contact metres for the Dragons. Six line breaks to nine, 37 tackle busts to 36, 12 offloads to 10. Two force dropouts to one, 263 tackles played 363, 11 errors to eight. Three penalties conceded to seven, one inside the 10 against Souths. Uh, ben Hunt with 97 supercoach points, Campbell Graham with 98, and Sua with 87. Just quickly for the guys watching on YouTube, apologies for the brief loss of vision there. Hopefully it's only brief. Uh, <laughs> filled up one of the SD cards and didn't cherry. But uh, so to Quinzander and Il Lee and all the guys that get on and give us a gobful. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. We're back. Hi. Uh, there'll be audio. I'll put some audio and some pretty pictures in between. Anyway, yeah, what happened here, Barn? Uh, interesting game of footy. More consistent and better team won, I thought. Um, Dragons were by far the better team for much for much longer parts of this game. But I was it was back and forth for a while. Um, and time, ago, time and time again, even when the Dragons took a pretty handy lead, I was just sitting back expecting Souths to break them open and score some points. Uh, still, even given the outs that they had, there's still a lot of uh, attacking threats in this team. But it just didn't seem to happen. Right up until the last five minutes of the game, and then it was just absolute no, rugby league chaos. Yes. <laughs> the Dragons' left-hand edge in defence just absolutely fell to pieces, and Campbell Graham had a field day out there for five minutes. The game was, and also, like, South could have won this game. They, they, that last play, uh, if, they, if they spread the ball again... Uh, well, they almost gave up a 20-point 20 20 lead in six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yes. absolute utter chaos. Uh, they scored 16 points in four minutes, I think it was, for the, for the South Sydney team. Um, it's just a complete crazy utter shit. But um, <laughs> the Dragons did uh, compose a couple of well-constructed tries. Uh, some of the, the work that they did earlier in the game was actually quite nice. Um, there was some really... Uh, there was two probably really soft efforts from from South Sydney, and they'll probably be ruined that. And that was probably the reason they got defeated in this game, where there was just really one on one misses, and that led directly to tries that should have been stopped. They yeah. should never have been tries. But there was also some really nice passing from Ben Hunt and kicking and putting putting um, Sewer away for a try, and uh, I, I think one of the wingers that scored a really nice try as well. So. The Dragons were by far a much better team in the middle of the field. Cook had his moments where he split them open. And, um, so did Kula Matungi and, uh, and Campbell Graham. But they, they were pretty well contained for the majority of the match. But, yeah, that, that last five yeah, minutes yeah, was they, insanity. You're right. It was, um, yeah, yeah. they uh, were clearly the better team, actually, Dragons, for, for an hour. Uh, constructed around Ben Hunt. Michael Molo had a uh, – we throw out breakout games here and there, but he looked like a, he, I guess, came of age here. 
He's been getting better week in and week yeah, out. I know he obviously he needs to stay on the field is a, a big key to getting better. And he, yeah. um, he did that here. Uh, uh, all the forward back actually were quite good. Yeah. Ravalawa has since came back from injury as well. He's, he's, had a, yeah. he's now in what we hoped he would be, what, two, three years ago. He's, he's a damaging uh, winger that can get through that bit of work if you get him the ball. Fresh, you know, fresh ball, 20 to go. He can beat two blokes and get there. Absolutely. Uh, Lomax, I think, is much better for the swap and being, um, I guess, a coach probably happy to back him more than anything. Uh, and, and what about Sloan? How do you take his... It was actually pretty good in this one. He had yeah. a couple of nice um, attacking inputs. He's, he's still a, a big worry in his defensive positioning. He gets caught out more often than most... Um, most of the NRL fullbacks, yeah, which is a bit of a worry uh, for him. On the other side of the field, Taff would have wished he'd kicked a couple of those goals that he missed because they were, there was one or two that he really shouldn't have missed and um, managed to, to hang them out wide or cut one across the post and was um, was the difference at the end of the game, uh, realistically. But, uh, yeah, Sloan, again, when he, do, when he does play well, his attack's always good, but, yeah, he's got some issues in his defensive positioning. Um, Taff, Totola and Saleh were decent um, in, the, in the middle of the field the the bench was okay Cheekam I thought had a fantastic game for South when he did come on he had a lot of impact and Kulamatangi and himself were probably the two best forwards uh, for, for South Sydney Taff was good again uh, he, he was again I think I chance he's got, yeah. picked him out probably what, what was it when they signed Whiten yeah. Uh, that he, he it was a really big turning point in him, and he's um he's gone better every game ever since. I think from then, um, Graham Cook were were awesome. Uh, they were really the the big attacking sparks for for this South Sydney team, but they left it too late. Uh, they they got dominated for probably forty to fifty minutes, and then um, were only sort of breaking even for the next ten or fifteen as well, which uh, really really left them uh, trying to do everything at the back end of the game. Sloan was probably the best of the back five for, for the Dragons, realistically. Since you mentioned him, Francis Molo and... As I said, I, I reckon, the more I've thought about my my comparison to Dufty stands with yeah. Sloan, I reckon that's him all over. Yeah, seems that way. Just yeah. a bit taller. <laughs> and probably not as fast. Yeah, probably not as fast. Yeah. Francis Molo, Jaden Hunt were, were good. Uh, Little was really good for, for this team mm-hmm. again. Uh, he's really starting to stamp his name as a, as a, t- a quality hooker. And he's doing some really good things for this Dragon side. Uh, Sewell was very strong. Michael Molo and Ben Hunt were the Dragons' best two yep. players on the field. Yep. Uh, there's the, just a quick word that they were missing, obviously, <laughs> Cody Walker, but Elias didn't really feel like he ever took control completely. And uh, Dean, Haw- like Dean Hawkins, he was involved in a couple, but he just he was just there. He just seemed to sort of float kids. around yeah. and, and throw a pass here and there. Ilias, for mine, I'd really like to see him start taking a bit more control. Um, he's probably had two or three games where he has been a dominant half mm. in this season and looked quite good doing that. But um, a lot of the times, you don't notice him at all for the majority well, of the game. He's either non-existent because they're spreading left, or they're all the trolls taking over, or Cody's taking over. Or he, there's, there are still times he feels like he zigs when he should have zagged. Yeah. Like he, uh, he'll, he'll go left instead of right or whatever it might be. But uh, we, know, we know his quality. Um, and I, I, it was just him. I mean, you, when you're thrown in with um, all of a sudden control, complete control of the, the spine, it's He's got the skill level and it, it obviously comes back to how well his forwards are going as well. As how, how good he can go off the back of that. But he's not one that you really see light up the field. 
like some of the other halves in the comp. And Jaden Sullivan? <laughs> Had a couple of nice touches. Uh, did a few nice things. I still think he's probably a better option than Amone, to be honest. Um, Amone's probably got a little bit stronger running game just because he's a bit more physical than, than Sullivan. But Sullivan, to me, seems like a... a got a bit of a higher skill level and um, yeah. a bit more switched on in the way that the game needs to be controlled. I hate to say it, I, I've got a feeling Ammonia end up at the Tigers next year. <laughs> uh, but they, the, they beat the Bunnies. So yeah. where are the Bunnies at? So they, they have dropped a few games that they sh we thought they'd win after I declared they'd win the comp. I know they, they're... That's you again. Missing. Uh, <laughs> is the Reaper just struck? Were they? Can you put the outs for the blame the outs on that? But I, I thought they were particularly poor for a lot of this game. Yeah, their forward pack was nowhere near as good as it could have been. Um, I call it an off night for their forward pack. To be honest, um, went into probably went into a game expecting to be able to just do what they wanted in the middle of the field, and when they were challenged, they um, just couldn't couldn't find that extra gear to go with the Dragons, who were were, um, were probably a good cog better in the middle of the field than what the than what Souths were. You're missing Murray, you're missing Walker, you're missing Latrell, you're missing uh, Tom Burgess. There's, there's some, there's four, it adds up, yeah, that, that's a That's a big chunk out of, especially attacking game. Um, with ball in hand, they, they probably add an extra 10 to 20 points in this game easily. And, and, it's say, a and save completely 12. different story. So. Fair enough. Ian Ben Hunt, three. Yep. Molo, two. I had Cook for two. I thought Cook was okay. extremely good for the, the South Sydney team. Uh, he made, again, up near 45 tackles, I think, without a miss. Um, he created a couple of line breaks just off his own bat and got him down the end, other end of the field. And then I had Molo for the one. Could give it to Graham, but it could the five-minute punish is probably... Only <laughs> for my own pure yeah, entertainment. But now, stick with yours, GT. Stick with Barney, and we'll get to... Uh, and uh, uh, the escape job, the one that did get out of jail here, the Broncos twenty-four, the yeah. Knights twenty. Probably the best game of the weekend. To be was honest, was the best game of the weekend, and uh, and Ezra Man magic trick, and they got How home good was that at pass? the death. It okay. was uh, brilliant. Twenty-four twenty barn stats. Four tries apiece, four out of four conversions for the Broncos, two out of four for the Knights. Eighty percent completion played, seventy-eight percent, one hundred and sixty-three plus running meters for the Newcastle team. Ten line breaks to six. 59 tackle busts for Broncos, 42 for the Knights. 17 offloads to eight. One force dropout for the Knights side. 346 tackles played, 338. 10 errors to eight. Six penalties conceded to three. One ruck infringement to two. One inside the 10 against Newcastle. Uh, Reese Walsh with 116 supercoach points. Dom Young with 111. And Payne Huss with 95. Yeah, Newcastle probably produced their best effort of the year. They, they were fantastic. This game matched up and uh, gave it back to, well, the top team in the comp at the moment. Uh, where do we start here? Apart from the fact that at some point, Payne Haas' arms and legs are all going to fall off and he won't be human, <laughs> You've been but, saying that for three years. But he keeps coming. He's still only like 23 or something. It's like a Fuck cyborg. But, he um, is incredible. Payne the, the Knights shared the workaround. Yeah. You look at what they did. They had a whole heap of blokes over 100 metres. There wasn't really any... There was maybe two of them that got up near that 200-metre mark and, and above, whereas it did really... Broncos came down to a couple of really key individual efforts to get them to where they were in Reese Walsh, Payne Haas. Carrigan had a fairly good game. Um, 
Uh, Herbie Farnworth was up near 200 metres. I think yeah. there was another one of the back five that was up near 200 yeah, metres. Yeah, so the, those guys were the ones that were really doing a whole heap of work, whereas the, the Knights really shared it around, and you could see that they probably had that little bit of extra spark in their attack because they were that little bit fresher because they were all sort of doing the work rather than four blokes. But it was those four blokes that got them over the line at the end of mm. the day with the Broncos. Um, they're just... They're, Reese Walsh and Payne Haas, without those two blokes in this team, I think the Broncos have probably would have only won half the game that they've won this year because they have been oh, tr- fucking amazing week after week. After week. Um, a lot of missed tackles in the middle of the field. Um, but there were some very nice attacking plays as well, which led to that. Um, like some of the ball, uh, some of the passing from both of these sides to get the ball out wide and create one-on-one or two-on-two opportunities for the the wingers and the centers really um created some really nice looking footy and um which ended up being points at the end of the day there's a couple of nice um defensive efforts and saved a couple of tries as well this could have been could have been 34 to 30 you know what i mean Uh, another couple of tries on either side of the field but um it would have awesome way to win the game with uh, (laughs) with uh, a uh, adam reynolds backing up uh backing up the young fellow who got through there, uh, Isra Mam, and that, that flick pass, <laughs> drawing the, oh, the, the fullback and the cover defender and flicking it out to have him score was fucking amazing. Um, both fullbacks had some really nice touches. It was well, obviously we, the battle of the, that, of the uh, ones. It turns out Kalen Pong is a fullback. Who would have thunk it? He was sensational. <laughs> Fuck, he was good. He, um, he's been good since he's come back. He's back get, to his best, skipping on the outside he, of defenders, drawing blokes, nice little short passes. He's got that really good cutout as well, and you put it all together when he's when he's on. It's very, very good to watch. This was, um, well, yeah, in terms, as you said, game of the weekend, but clash of the weekend was, the, the I guess, the current the Queensland yeah. fullback against the, uh, the former, and AJ looming in the background, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, fantastic. Space, uh, space, and time is is Ponga's friend, and he, he got to use it here, uh, and he benefits from having. I think he benefits from having Gamble and Hastings, which is two blokes of mongrel that are going to get the scrap where he and needs just to get yeah, do a scrap. Yeah. Like they, you know, they don't necessarily have an ego about him. They just want to get do what's best for for him and try and put him in the best position um, possibly. Yeah, and it, it shone through here. Uh, both their wingers were fantastic. They uh, got through a mountain of work as well. I think Walsh probably just got the points decision at the back end of the game. Well, probably provided a couple of extra opportunities. While they weren't fully taken, um, just seemed to create one or two more opportunities than Ponga did during the match, yeah. even though Ponga's ones were pretty much finished every time that he, he did create an opportunity. Walsh just seemed to pop up a little bit more and um, cause a few more problems. <laughs> Some really nice touches from both of them, as I said. Ponga, um, a gay guy was as good as Dominic Young. Like, I know he gets yeah. applauded for putting the ball down, but there was two of those tries don't happen if Gay Guy isn't the guy that on, on his inside that holds a defender up, stutters steps, and gets on the outside of him to put him away down the wing. And I thought he was tremendous in this game, mm-hmm. Dane uh, Gay Guy. I know he he missed a few tackles, which is obviously the reason he's probably not playing for Queensland at the moment, but attacking, he was uh, he was brilliant again, uh, up right up near his best. Dominic Young was fantastic. Deserves a lot of credit as well. Um, so, Feedy? Was very good. Yep. Yeah. He, um, probably close to his best game yeah. of the year, I'd suggest. Yeah. Unlucky. You know, he should would have been mentioned. I would imagine. Uh, it would have been in the conversation for that spot that 
Uta Kamano was taken, but he was already in the squad, so that's mm. probably, you know, fair enough there. Um, they traded blows for about an hour in the middle of the field. The Knights just seemed that little bit more effective in the middle of the field. Um, they're just creating a few more issues and dragging in defenders, and then they, they got it out uh, wide to, to cash in off the back of it. And as I said, sh- shared the workload around, which made them a little bit fresher in the middle, but... Payne Haas was just trucking football through the middle of the field, taking blokes with him, another 200-odd-plus metre performance. Two, 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 Guys on tackles. his back, blokes around his legs. <laughs> He's still just Incredible. motoring through the Incredible. middle of the field. Carrigan, while not at his absolute best, was fantastic as well in the middle of the field. I know it's only been four years, but I I, I, I would say that used to say Webke and Sivan Asiva are the two best props I'd seen. Right up there. This bloke there. He's been he's, he's better if he does it for another two years. Well, he's probably the best prop I've ever seen. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with that completely. Imagine if he had a fucking a, a, um, a little pass before the line or oh. a, or, or an offload to go with yeah. it. Like, I know he gets an offload out every now and then, but imagine if he had a fucking perfect offload to go with what else he's got. He would, yeah, yeah. hands down, be the best I've ever seen. Um, the issue for the, the Knights is they probably weren't as effective defensively in the middle of the field as what Brisbane were, yeah. which led to, um, you know, the the Broncos did break them open quite a few times through the middle of the field, which led to, you know, getting in behind the defence, the retreating defence, quick play the balls, and that's where a lot of the, the Broncos' points came from, which, yeah, unfortunately, they, while they were quite good in the middle, their defence is still a little bit iffy in and around mm. either side of the ruck there, which um, got exposed a couple of times by the Broncos. But, um, yeah, so I thought Leo Thompson again was quite good. Uh, Dylan Lucas, a uh, young fella coming through, had a decent game. Frizzell and uh, Daniel Saifidi were the best of their forwards. Hastings was good again. Um, I, I think he's been pretty good this year. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he's, he's been I don't remember a poor game out of him this year. Maybe a couple of quiet ones, but definitely not a poor one. Um, but he doesn't have – he's never – even for the Tigers, he doesn't have bad games. Mm. They have quiet games. He doesn't have bad. He doesn't have three drop balls and a, you know, yeah. if he's got to kick the ball in a touch, he kicks in a touch. Like yeah. it's like he does his job. Young and Gay Guy were great, and uh, Ponga was their best. Flegler, o- Flegler and Oates were really good. Cobbo, Cobbo and Ricky, uh, throw Carrigan in there. Were yeah, they were they were ultra good as well. But as I mentioned, it's Hassan Walsh. Week yeah. in week out, it's Hassan Walsh that yes. get these guys well, where they need to be. I don't know, because he's coming to a good team, he might not get the plaudits, but Reese Walsh has to be by the year. Yeah. Because Brisbane aren't so. where they are without him. No. If they win the comp, he's by the year. It's twenty to win it. He's but. creating three and four uh, like try-scoring opportunities sure, every week. You know, sure. They might not all be cashed in on, but off his own bat, three or four every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can look at others around and make cases for the improving teams, but he is... He's almost the heart and soul. Well, he's the heart and soul apart from being out of this Brisbane team. Uh, so you give him three, two. It's like Reese Walsh on Haas's back riding him into battle. Oh, <laughs> Let's go, <yeah>. big fella. <laughs> Sexy. Uh, three to, which one are you going? Three to Payne? Haas, yeah. Yep. Uh, one, Payne has three. Two to Walsh, one yep. to Ponga or? Young, Ponga, gay guy. Probably Ponga. Give it to Ponga. Yeah. All righty. Uh, then we got two. The uh, Panthers and the Chooks. Ooh. 30 to 6, this team missing Nathan Cleary. Uh, 
got to come out and got to play against this Roosters team that I'm not sure would beat uh, anyone in the comp right now. They dumb down their attack and just absolutely bludgeon the shit out of the Roosters. Yes. <laughs> one try to five, one out of one conversions played, four out of five for Penrith. Zero penalties from the Roosters, one out of one attempt from the Panthers. 72% completion played, 71%. 470-plus running metres and 111-plus post-contact metres for Penrith. Three line breaks to seven. 43 tackle busts for the Roosters to 36, which was interesting for mine. 11 offloads to 13. One forced dropout from both teams. 413 tackles played 316. 13 errors apiece from both teams. It didn't seem that there was that many errors in mine, but anyway... Four penalties conceded to six, one ruck infringement each, four inside the ten against the Roosters, two against Penrith, and a sin bin for both sides with water bottles at ten paces. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me what he was actually sin bin for? <laughs> Throwing a water bottle at <laughs> someone. <laughs> and Lino um, Spencer, I think, was the, the grab and the, the fist under the chin, but it was all it was just uh, to get him off the field and, and make sure on. that yeah. they didn't punch shit out of each but, other in the next five you know, minutes. There's nothing going on in there. <laughs> Yeah, Sorensen with 100 Supercoach points, Crichton with 94, and then you had five other Penrith players before you got to Nat Butcher on 67. I want to say this Roosters forward pack's gone, but the Roosters are gone. Like, <laughs> there, there's no, there's nothing, there's no guts to this Roosters team. Kiri had a couple of nice touches. Um, well, they're, they're two best players, Kiri and, and Tedesco, and that's yeah. it. And, like, their forward pack, which a lot of Sproots, a lot of ex international ex-internationals, Lindsay Collins they're, playing for Queensland this week, uh, next week. They add nothing here. They got belted out the at, apart from Jared, who decided Collins was okay as well. Last fifteen but. minutes, Jared decided, "Fuck this, I'm going to give it back to him." And did ass over tit. Leota did ass over tit. Uh, was it Fish or the other one? But they were bashing him and for then, a good forty oh, minutes before that. He, he decided to have a last crack and, and good on him because why not? But <laughs> like they're getting towards clean-out territory, the Roosters, and it's, yeah. it's amazing to say that given... When you uh, look at the team they had on paper at the start of the year, yeah, absolutely. Crichton's nowhere near the player he was. Um, obviously, there's other issues that are going on there, but he's no, come back nowhere near his best. Mm. Um, Tupanua has one good game out of five or six, so give or take that. Um, the Butcher Boys have been their most consistent players week in and week out. But they're um, both they both sort of feel. But they, they still, still feel not, like they're they don't they break need, anything over. They need people around them. Yeah, absolutely. They're your good. Kiri sort of faffed around for most of the year. He has one of nice one or two decent touches in a game, but that's about it. Um, they seem great, su- great support play, Kiri. Very like, directionless. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, they just don't seem to know exactly. They don't seem to have anyone out there carrying out the game plan to get them exactly where they need to be. So simple as that. And and, and as you said, they have done it down and they've played direct. And Kiri and Tedesco are very good doing it, but there's there's just nothing around them. Um, yeah, it's um, dark times for the Brewster supporters, to be honest. Um, almost as dark as it was in my garage <laughs> the game after this one <laughs> when, when I watched that game, but. Um, uh, Tenset thought I had a split personality watching that one, but we'll get to that mm. in a minute. Um, yeah. Pretty competitive first half. Um, Roosters did hang on as long as they could in that in the first half of this game because they were getting walked all over for the majority of the first half and Penrith just couldn't find that gear to put them away, you know what I mean? Like, they were camped down the Roosters and they were physically dominant. Like Martin was flying out of the line, belting blokes. I think Mitch Kenny almost ended somebody's life at one point as well and <laughs> absolutely cut somebody in half. Uh, I didn't expect him to get up again when he got hit, but... Um, mate, there was some absolute physical dominance in this game. And from 
the roosters of yesteryear wouldn't stand up for that. Three of them no. would have all got up at the same time and gone, come on, fucking let's give it back to them. Yeah. And, and then it would be an all-out war for 50, 60 minutes. Like, I remember games five, six years ago where Two you try ago. to staunch the roosters forward pack and then it was just on. Like yeah. there was just blokes going flying left, right and centre and blokes getting belted. Um, you know, um, Boyd had come across and smacked someone yeah. and then, you know, Jared would be standing yeah, over Jared, people. Boyd, and Pete Crichton. Yeah, you had, so, um, but, yeah, it's, it's a completely different fullback these days, that's for sure. Um, first 10 or 15 minutes was all Penrith, absolutely over the Roosters, dominating field position. Penrith scored their first try and so it seemed to sort of clock off a little bit and um, the Roosters sort of managed to match Penrith for maybe the next 10 minutes or so, but then it was just all Penrith. Like the 60-minute mark of this game, I think it was, that the Roosters finally decided to crack out, finally were able to crack the Penrith to score a try which was a nice little bit of interchange of passing through the middle of the field and a bit of lazy defence, but they never looked like a th- like threatening Penrith's defensive line for, you know, how many sets do you reckon they had? 30? 32? Yeah. 31 of them they didn't look like threatening the, yeah. the Penrith defensive line whatsoever. Um, just really good, strong, hard running, some offloads, some lovely running and passing from the halves. Cogger had a had a really good game, I thought, uh, just getting them to where they needed to be. Luai probably had close to his best game of the year, the way he was engaging defenders and skipping across the front of people. Had a couple of really nice balls. To, to I think he only got credited for one try assist, but I reckon he had two or three in this game. I thought he was fantastic in this game and um, was a big part of why Penrith did what they did. Uh, by the time, yeah, the Roosters... Did anything, it was all over. Collins and Tupanua were probably the best of their forwards, apart from that butcher. You can throw Turpin in there. Turpin's actually been really good since Cheese hasn't no, yeah, been no, around. He's, um, he's, he's not, you know, killing it, but he's doing a really good job making a heap of tackles and, you know, good service out of there without, you know, pulling defences apart. Yeah. That um, butcher was probably their best player, really. Uh, and Kieran Teddy worked really hard, but very limited opportunities and. Yeah, couldn't couldn't break open the defence. Scott Sorensen, oh. what a year! What a year he's having. He has um, he just had another status. extension, but uh. he has, since that uh, round he's two given or three a few Penrith fans extensions. Absolutely, Jesus. he's he's incredible. He's flying this year from where he's come from. He's offloads the, the way play, he takes the ball into the, the line. line. It's line hard when he needs to. He'll slap when he needs to. He'll pop an offload. He'll um play across and play in ball Doesn't play. get beaten in defence. Um, like, doesn't spell blokes, but doesn't get beaten. Like. Incredible, incredible. Year. And um, more power to him. Fantastic again this year. Um, Tango was a nice enough reser- uh, return. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. He fine. He's, um, for good. He'll be there. Unless they move him on, which I don't see happening, he'll be there first centre picked for yeah. quite some time now. Crichton's moved on. I imagine he'll just cement that left centre position for the next five. Ten years, he's a really good player. Yeah, they um and uh, there'll be Panthers fans here probably saying we're underrating them, but um ultimately I think you've got to if if you told me that you thought they were comp favourites, I'd agree with you. So Lindsay Smith uh, off the bench, yes, really good. Um, he's been super strong since he's been given his opportunity in first grade, and um, this is one of his better games. Martin was super tough in the middle of the field. Fish and Leona, while they, they didn't have a lot of minutes, so that probably brought their stats down a bit, but they did have a big impact when they were out there. They made sure they knew that they, those two big fellas were out there doing their yeah. job. Um, ran over the f- top of a few of them and cleaned a couple of them up in defence. Um, 
Edwards, Edwards, was, Edwards was good without being, you know, he wasn't his spectacular. Best. He wasn't. Yeah. Um, he wasn't. I'm better than James Tedesco. No. Spectacular, but he, he does what he does. He didn't let too many down. Yeah. And um, Critter was really good. Crichton yeah. was fantastic out in the centres on the right hand side, and Isaiah, yeah, just took up the slack. Does that what he does. Wasn't um, you know, just <laughs> absorbs everything, all the pressure in the middle of the field. He <laughs> seems to do it all himself. He was fantastic. Um. It was a week for the obvious multis, just for the, the punters out there. Just look, and I was, I was thinking earlier, but you look back through here, Tedesco, Crichton, Edwards, Tuo, Tango, you could have had your little combination and it would have got up. And it was the same story all the way through. Unfortunately, I wasn't smart enough doing any of that. But, uh, I had it all, but I threw in fucking Taruva as well. Mm. <sighs> I mean, even in the Warriors game, if you'd thrown, which I usually do, you'd thrown Egan in, you'd have got a result. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Dire, dire straights for the Chookies. 3-2-1, man. Sorensen. Uh, Critter. I don't know. I, I really want to put Luai in there instead of Critter, to be honest. So, um, Sorensen, Luai, and then Yo or Critter for the one. Yeah, okay. Sorensen, Luai, Yo. I'm fine with that. Yep. Uh, so that's the uh, Seoul Sunday afternoon game. I... Well, we didn't see this come because uh, I tipped shut. <laughs> uh, this, talk about dire situations, 54-10. We'd got the uh, traditional storm bounce back, but the Sharks were not, not good at all. They've, they've had the bad 25, 30 minutes in them all year. Well, they, they threw it all on the table this year, this week, Barn stats, and yep. uh, I will leave the floor to you. Ah, well, we had nine nine tries for the Storm, two for the Sharks. This, is, a, this is what it's like living my life, David. So <laughs> I, know, mate, I know, You may have it. <laughs> nine tries to two, eight out of nine conversions played, one out of two, one out of one penalty attempts for the Storm and a missed penalty attempt for the Sharks. 78% completion played, 63%, 804 plus running metres and 157 plus post-contact metres. Ten line breaks to three, 57 tackle busts for the Storm, 21 for the Sharks. 19 offloads to 11, one force dropout from both sides. 85% completion played 79. Oh, sorry. Where did, what's 80, what are those percentages there for? Anyway, get rid of them. <laughs> 20, 235 tackles played 356. 11 errors to 14. Eight penalties conceded to seven. One ruck infringement to two. And a sin bin from both teams. One inside the 10 against Cronulla. Munster with 124 Supercoach points. Grant with 123. Hughes with 119. And then you had two other Storm players before you got to Mulatalo on 73. The you then the also had another six Storm players before you got to the next one from the Sharks. The 84% was effective tackles, 79% Sharks. Uh, completion rate was 78-63. You did say that. Um, yeah, sorry. First 10 or 15 minutes was competitive. A um, bit alarming the way that the Storm cut through the Sharks early for their first try. Um, but they did hit back with a cross kick to Mulatalo, who had popped it back down for Wilton and was a decent try. And it looked like it was going to be a bit of a back and forth game. Um, Sharks then sort of camped themselves down there for a couple of minutes down on the Melbourne line and got a penalty. The minute that ball hit the post and <laughs> went away from the... Went away from Going over, the complexity of the game just absolutely, completely changed. Uh, short dropout a couple of minutes later that they let bounce and 
directly bounced back to the Storm and then every bounce of the ball for the rest of the game went their way. Not that it would have mattered with the way that they decided that they were going to defend. <laughs> the way they were going to decide to try and catch the ball. Deadset had feet, feet for hands for the majority of the game. Could not catch a ball. There was felt like every second set of the of the game they dropped it. Every second set they had they just dropped it, gave it back. And every third tackle they missed. Yeah. Like <laughs> they'd go hit up, hit up, miss tackle, miss tackle, line break, miss tackle, line break. <laughs> it's just I was just sitting in sitting in the garage. Head in my hands every two or three minutes just going, of course. Fucking of course. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you watch the whole game or you turned off? <laughs> no, I watched the whole fucking yeah, thing. Good, I watched what, yeah, every, every second of it and just was the head in the hands the whole time. Just abusing myself, abusing the players, <laughs> abusing the officials, like abusing the bounce of the ball. <laughs> Having... Inner conversations with myself about how I've followed this team for so long, and oh mate, it was. I call, I call it Saturday mess. night, David. So welcome on board. It was an absolute mess. Um, well, yeah. I like the fact that Blake Braley spent the week in Origin camp and then came back and decided that there should be no ruck defence. We don't need it today. It's only Harry Grant. Let's let him just do what he wants. Run out. And he's have always all the space been a the bit world. of a, a candidate for bouncing off tackles. He's only been a little fella, but he's but yeah. Harry his Grant, defense was fucking Jewish atrocious. Harry in Grant this game. absolutely schooled him. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit! You missed. When's the last hooker that ran two hundred meters? <laughs> I just realised. I said they missed every third or fourth tackle. Um, then you throw in the penalties and the brain snaps to get that goes with it. Like it was as pitiful as my pickup lines back in the day. <laughs> it was just horrendous. There was nothing going on there. Um, it was like walking into your great grandma's house. There was just fucking pot plants everywhere, <laughs> and they had artificial plants in them as well. They weren't even real plants, so they they're not going to grow. They're not going to get better. They're just going to sit there and do absolutely fucking nothing for the entirety of their existence. Um, yes, mate, it was just field of potatoes, just <laughs> ready for the picking. And Harry Grant and Cam Munster just ran around and picked potatoes for 80 <laughs> minutes. Um, they just did absolutely nothing. They've got a forward back that all play 20 or 30 minutes each. Yeah. And none of them really make massive impact. Um, you look at Hunt, who was probably the aggressor and uh, the one that did have the most physical sort of contact in this, in this game. And now he's injured out for six weeks. Really missing Rudolph. Um, Dale Finucane charges into the line but really doesn't make a huge amount of impact. Uele um, has been down on his physicality since coming back from injury and it just really sets you up for a constant rotation in the middle of the field that don't really add any sort of massive spark. Wilton and Nakora did a did a job. They were probably the two only two really worth mentioning. Maybe I'll chuck in Molotano. Molotalo, he did a good job when he was given opportunity. But yeah. Oh, Mail is uh, Wilton's re-signed as well. I don't know if I mentioned that. Very good. Yeah, so, no, he's been yeah. good this year. He's yeah. had one or two average games, but he's been good for the majority. But those three were really the only two, the only three that were worth mentioning. The Storm were made to look amazing, even though they were very good. But they they look like absolute superstars in this game, just through the lack of defence from the Sharks. So like, they've been missing 30, 40 tackles, and then they come up a good team, and then they miss sixty, and <laughs> you, this yeah. is what you get off the back of it. Um, King and Welsh were very strong in the middle of the field. 
Naz absolutely terrorised the Sharks. He oh, was yeah. just picking out the small spokes on the field and just bouncing them all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Especially um, Moylan. He's made of it. Every time he plays Moylan, he just picks him out and runs at him time and time again. Moylan would absolutely hate facing up against that bloke. Remus Smith and Meany were the best of the back five. I thought Meany was fantastic, actually, and um, did, really, did a lot of that. The 9, 6 and 7 just were clinical. They just yeah. went about it, picked the holes in defence, were drawing defenders, and as soon as... As soon as the defence started to move in a way that they wanted it to move, they had shape on the outside and just absolutely cut the Sharks to pieces. Um, Munster just basically did whatever the fuck he wanted in this game. <laughs> he ran the ball more than I think I've ever seen him run the ball. Like He was out on a mission to run at people and beat yeah. them with footwork. Well, he ran, yeah, as you said, 214 and Harry's ran 200 metres. So. Yeah, so it was Munster Grant and then it was either Hughes or uh, Nelson for the one for mine, but... Give it to Nelson um, and Meany's. Yeah, Meany's unlucky miss out there. Um, yeah. Okay, so with the Sharks, you, you get to have your little uh, soul-searching discussion here. Yep. As we said, haven't beaten a top eight team in two years. Uh, they've come here. Moylan's missed another, I think, ten, Oh, they're gone, mate. They'll, ten be, tackles. they'll end up at the bottom of the eight and they'll end up probably going out in straight sets like they did last year. Do they make they the can't, Possibly not. They can't be putting up performances like that. The fact that they so, started so, decently during the year and they're still in fifth even after a showing like that is yeah. probably enough to make them probably scrape into the bottom of the eight. It's, it's very, um, as, as our PCTC tipping efforts can test you, it's very hard to make ground sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Everyone's taking points off each other. So I think they probably do just hold a spot in the eight. But for mine, unless they look like the best team in the comp for six weeks in a row, you, it's just they're done. So... We know old man hit up uh, still on the bench there. We know <laughs> Moyland, uh, what's that, the 13 missed tackles, basically. Yep. Uh, Fanukin, yes, he's a he's a war horse, but he's not busting open people. He's, he's not, not breaking the playing. line he's like not, he used he's, to. He's, he's not, not offloading like he used um, to. Yep. And they're missing, and both their props are now out. So, yeah, what, like, what, what next? And what, what do they go and look for in terms of next season or straight away? Or? Well, I said it before the season even started that they needed they needed probably two big middles, um, and it's a big part of what they've needed for <laughs> for two or three years. Realistically, is a couple of really big bodies in the middle of the field that can bend that line, that, which they haven't had um, for a couple of years now. And um, well, they've got the outside backs that can score points if they're given enough time and opportunity to do so. But they're they're just not getting through the middle of the field anywhere near where they need to, mm. and their defence. Uh, some games they can only miss 10 or 15 tackles, but majority of the times they're missing 40 tackles. So um, I think McGuinness probably needs to play a few more minutes uh, yeah. in this pack. It probably needs to be the bloke that plays 50 minutes well, and they play their rotation. Into the front and McGuinness yeah. and then just plays 80. That's right. At least 50 and then they play their 20-minute their rotations around someone like him. But they, yeah, the Hazleton probably needs to get more game time as a bigger body who's pretty good with the ball in his hand. Well, it's um, time with him to either, like, put up or shut up. Back him and just say, right, you're a starting prop. Get out there and be Nelson. And or, yeah, you need Rudolph and, and um, Hunt to come back in this season. But they really need at least one big front rower, possibly yeah. two going into the next year. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, – is there a concern having Nico – He's, he's probably his, last, his worst two games in Sharks' colours the last two weeks. Yeah. 
is the origin head fuck an issue? You, you Possibly. Know, given, Depends you know, how he's long it hangs around. He's got to, you know, look after her and everything else. In fact, the he's, next three or four weeks, is they've it's got like a big, it's a big, it's a big month for them. They've got three or four weeks where they're playing. Like they play the dogs this week, um, and then I think they have one of the better teams, but they're missing their Origin players in and around the next Origin time. Yeah. So there is a really good chance for them to stamp themselves. And if they can pick up six or eight points in the next five or six weeks, then they they do entrench themselves in that top eight. Yeah. But yeah, as you said, the next four or five weeks is massive for the Sharks. Uh, and Mel, I guess Melbourne back on track, ish yep. as much. Yeah, they're never going to be far they're away. The same. They? They're um, they have like we saw what they did last week against the Cowboys. It's, <laughs> this this year makes very little fucking sense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we wrap it up thirty four twelve on uh, the King's birthday Monday. The Eels were very impressive. Uh, well, yeah, they were. No, they played well. They were good the against King of Paramount, the dogs. The, uh, the King had his birthday. <laughs> A 24-minute hat-trick. What did the stats say, Mark? We had two tries for the Dogs, six for Parramatta. Two, uh, the, the two out of two conversions played five out of six. A missed field goal attempt for Parramatta. 80% completion played 65% for Parramatta, which is a weird one. 490-plus uh, running metres and 134-plus post-contact metres for Parramatta. Seven line breaks to six. 36 tackle bus played 56 19 offloads to 18. A forced dropout for Parramatta. 348 tackles played 265. 12 errors to 15. Two penalties conceded to eight. Two ruck infringements to one. Gutherson with 138 supercoach points. Burton with 91. And Jacob Preston with 90. Some of those stats from Parramatta has been the reason they've been losing games this year, but they managed to win this one pretty convincingly. Uh, high error rate, uh, comp poor completion rate, but they still were able to really dominate the middle of the field up against this Bulldogs yeah, team. It wasn't a particularly high-class game of football. There was some very classy touches. There were very classy yeah. touches, but the, the, the point is that... Um, the consistency. The best, yeah. you know, blokes that thrive... Gutho and Moses thrive on... Shitty footy and broken field play and um, running a bit round, uh, you know, having that that's, uh, chaos going on. Uh, yeah. As I said, the most manic team to come, and and it was it was set up perfectly for them. Bulldogs were woeful for the first twenty. Well, as soon minutes. as the hat trick came through, it was it just felt like it was game over. Like yes. it just looked, it was like oh well, this is over. It just depends how much Parramatta win this one by now. Um, dogs did stick in there and they they did fight hard for a, a big part of this game, but. Parramatta went out of their way to really target the middle of the defence for the Dogs early. Uh, the likes of TPJ and uh, a couple of the other the, uh, middle forwards where they played inside, outside and different you know angles back inside of those guys. The, the worst one of all was the one where Moses sort of ran at, at Tavita, then started running backwards and Tavita just kept chasing and chasing yeah. and chasing. And, and Short inside a, ball, Gutherson under yeah. the post. It was just... That, that was pure. <laughs> and it, it's one of those ones that had to have been discussed yeah. in order to just come off. Um, well, they did ask him after the game. I did listen to the, the after-game interview, and he basically said, I do a lot of video. I do watch yeah. a lot of my opponents, and that probably had something to do with what we did down yeah. here today. And I was like, yeah, so you watched him when he's going to chase me, yeah. and I'll just get him to chase me. But they, they unlocked the middle really early. They were playing um, inside-outside footy, change of angles back in through the middle of the ruck, and just rolled rolled over the, the middle of the field. You add in uh, the return of uh, Regal Cam Gillard, who yeah. was quite good, especially early in this match. Paulo, they, they were never really going to be contained in the middle of the field, and that's where they stuck to for the, probably the first half an hour. 
the king got his um his hat trick and then they started hitting the edges and they, they ripped those apart as well. Uh, Moses's speed and footwork was uh, noticeable in this game. Yeah. Like it, it, nobody looked like he did the way he was running the football. He, he just opened up so many different opportunities and his passing game was quite good off the back of it. They didn't really have to rely on his kicking game either in this one, which was um, you know a, a bit of a different thing. He played like a done. bloke who, he, purely simply, he played like a bloke. I don't know if he got a phone call before the or anything like that. I'm but assuming was, he did. The interview he before it, and after he, the game um, seemed like he'd been told. Uh, he, blo- he played like and a Nico bloke. Nico looked like he, a bloke who'd been told that bloke. he wasn't yeah, that's my point. going to be in the team. Someone like Moses, he's a confidence player and his chest was puffed out from the start and it was, he was going to put on a show today and he did. Yeah, he absolutely he did. Um, he absolutely carved this defensive line apart for, for Canterbury, but... Um, Olapuapu. Sorry. That fucking try that he set up for Burton was fantastic. There's four or five, six different blokes that had hands on him at different times in that that one run that he had. He only ran about 15 to 20 metres, but he beat five blokes and then had a beautiful little inside ball for for Burton to score in underneath the post. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a running six. Maybe he gets a bit bigger, he'd be a nice running opportunity. Opportunity for him to play thirteen, probably. Well, I, I, I quite a good feel 13. like that's where he's going, right. but depends where the game goes in terms of how how they. Just because he's probably not as doesn't have that acceleration that some of the sixes have no. in the game, and it probably sets him up better to be a thirteen down the track. Yeah. But at the moment, I had the same impression. He's got even, very good skill, very good couple. skill level. Um, big strong boy. Uh, he's definitely got a future. The concern is for the for the dogs is they've got. Who they got coming next year? Crichton and some other spruik who I can't think of. You know, you know, Crichton coming in next year. The issue is their middles. I know they're missing kick out uh, Thompson. I don't think he's going to be there next year. Uh, I think he is no. But it, it, that was where they dominated predominantly, and that's they played Max King off the is. bench, which was interesting for yeah, mine. I, I thought they really needed to play having, him. He's probably still carrying a niggle or something, but. Maybe. Um, the bloke I do, the only bloke I'm going to wrap from the dogs is Jacob Preston. From where he's come from, his <laughs> brilliant. He was incredible in this game. Yeah. Uh, the work he did, some of the these sole breaks he made late in that, uh, well, in that second half, to just drag he just out of trouble. Does not know how the to stop. I reckon they could be behind to, seventy by is, seventy, and he'd still be doing um, it. It, it. It's a long list to get in in the back row to play Origin in for New South Wales. I assume he's in South but if he keeps on this trajectory, he is a worker. He is an absolute worker, and he is sensational. And unfortunately, Jerome Buller, <laughs> Ball has appeared. Otherwise, he'd be an absolute <laughs> Monty for uh, Rookie of the Year. And uh, I assume when we get to that stage in three months' time, we will uh, have that debate then. But he is fantastic. I thought Kiraz and Parham had some nice Kiraz touches. Tried very hard, actually, they did yes. try. They put in an effort... Um, Parham had a nice little try there. He busted through the middle of the field. The two halves were pretty good in a beaten side, I thought. Mm. Um, they did what they could Burton in that did, side. You know, yeah. the best that he could, as well as Oluwapu. Uh, Pangai Jr. worked hard, but he just got, as I said, he got shown up probably three or four times in defence, yeah. and they targeted him especially. Um, and Preston was the dog's best by an absolute fucking mile. Uh, Penasini and Simonson did a good job for Parramatta out wide. Hopgood was very good again and just gets through the, another one of those workers who just does his work, turns up uh, yep. tackle after tackle. Cartwright was probably even a fraction better than those three that I've mentioned. He was mm-hmm. uh, he was close to one of the better players on the field. 
And Moses and Gutho were just brilliant. They were the difference in this yes. game. They just tore this defensive line to pieces. And I gave Gutherson the three just for the fact that he was always in position. He created one as well off the, off his own bat. I gave Moses the two, and then I had Preston with the one. I did too. There you go. I just want to mention Khaled Rashid. Mm, it's got um, a bit about him. There's a little he, bit of spark there, isn't there? He was thrown in to play a Khaled, Khaled Rajab, sorry, but he, the Lebanon half slash whatever. But he was thrown to play basically lock for a lot of this game, and mm. I thought he uh, was strong enough. He didn't let on down defence. No. He looked yep. uh, absolutely at home. He'd be someone if um, the Tigers are super, super ultra desperate for it. Well, I shouldn't <laughs> say it that way. The Tigers need to find someone to play a half and he'd turn around and sign him he's on. He's got a, some nice acceleration, a little bit of footwork. I think he'd be better mm. in a ballpoint role. And, uh, I maybe think, even if they swap him and Carl. Maybe yeah. give Carl a shot at 13. Yeah, but. so uh, I, I, I give him a thumbs up. I think he's got something about him, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. There's a spark there. Uh, yeah, there it is. That's our runs. You want to. Oh, okay. Alrighty, Barn. Have you got a pot plant for those following along at home? It's the player that uh, could have been outperformed by a typical household pot plant. Yes, so I've got 13 the of the motherfuckers <laughs> out of the 17 blokes that showed up. It was up around for the pot plant. In the black, white, and blue. There was black, white, and blue fucking pot plants. And they were belted potatoes, blue and black as well. Everywhere. <laughs> there was 13 of those motherfuckers that basically could have not been out there and the Result wouldn't have been much different. <laughs> okay. 13 Cronulla Sharks, pot plants. Tommy Talao. Mm. He set the pace early and he was uh, woeful. And, uh, yeah, anyway, he can... Uh, good luck to him at Manly next year where he will struggle to get into that first grade team the way they're going. But anyway, got a salute and a slap for us, young You want to slap Tessie New? I thought he basically gave up in that Dolphins game. Uh, there was a couple of opportunities out there he really where he basically that, just... Yeah. Um, those, yeah, those, yeah, there was a grubber that went in front of him and he just stood there and watched it while <laughs> when the opposition came through, dived on it, scored a try. Um, he still had a couple of cracks here and there, but he really lost his way in the back end of that game and just could not give a fuck for the last probably half an hour, so... Uh, I want to slap. I want to slap the Panthers fans that somehow <laughs> got win that uh, Spencer Lenu was going to play Origin, and then blew up on social media day that he was dropped from Origin, <laughs> from the fact that it never happened in He's the first never place. Selected. That was uh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so kudos to them. Uh, bonus slap for no, no, Brandon Wakem. Uh, salute. I'm going to salute Caelan Ponga. Nice. Um, Come back from he's he said some trials and tribulations obviously, obviously. as he is but uh, produce a game like that I hope I you know hope for the game and everything else that they keep going and um, more so for the fact it's a team I've stuck the boot into at every opportunity the last couple of years so yep. I, hope, I hope they get something right uh, so salute to him bonus salute for Andrew Webster and that's all I'm going to say how's this for a performance three tries three try assists 137 running meters five tackle busts a line break two line break assists. Zero errors and nine out of ten conversions. Yeah, that's right. It's all coming up, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben Garrick is my salute this week. Deservedly so. So that has been Footy and Frothies. Uh, buy some sexy beanies uh, for this sexy man <laughs> over here. Uh, hats, shirts, beanies, steins, all sorts of good stuff at regularlymerch.com. Uh, give us some feedback on YouTube. Spotify, leave us a Google review or a uh, Apple iTunes review as well. Spotify yeah, button review, that up as well. Yeah. It all helps us out and helps our algorithms up. And uh, we'll be back very soon. In fact, in about 10 minutes' time, 
to preview round number 16. Take care, guys. Talk soon.